0: Welcome to the Westside Personalized Podcast, where real educators share their classroom-tested, learner-approved personalization practices. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion and are able to find a few valuable takeaways from the podcast. And so without further ado, let's go to the pod. Okay, so here we are, Westside Personalized podcast in Rockbrook Elementary today, which I'm excited about. This is, this is where my kiddos go to school. Uh, and So I like getting an opportunity to be at Rockbrook anytime that I can. Um, I mean, I am quite often, honestly, um, for pick up and drop off, um, but also for work stuff. And today, I actually get a chance to visit with Sarah Davenport, who just so happens to be, speaking of children, my daughter's best friend's mom. <laughs> And so, um, I got a chance to to know Sarah, uh, both professionally and um, through just the parenting trials of raising seven-year-olds, right?
1: <laughs> Aren't they fun for sure? Right? <laughs> they
0: are fun. They are fun. They keep Aren't, us on our toes. That's the, also true. That's also true. So, uh, Sarah, tell us a little bit about you know grade level. I'll kind of let you do a little introduction here. Years in education and just kind of a little bio about yourself.
1: Um, This is my uh, eighth year at Rockbrook. I'm in third grade. I've always been in third grade at Rockbrook and proud that my child goes here as well. It is a wonderful school and since I have started here I've always wanted and tried to bring a little personalizing into the classroom to enhance the kids' enthusiasm and engagement through activities.
0: Yeah, and you were actually a part of that cohort one, right? When, we yep. when it first
1: came out, rolled out, yep. yeah. Yes,
0: so and we had six days of training, got a lot of theory, but we're certainly given the the torch and said, hey, sort of carry this as far as what it looks like in practice or application. And uh, and I'll do a little plug here, I guess. If you're listening within our district, I, um, we're going to provide a, a training over this summer to sort of update some of our cohort one, two, and three members with some examples because I feel like we we're really strong on the why and needed a little bit more, uh, you know, in practice.
1: It's a never-ending evolution of things we can do and get better at and constantly learning new things, so that's great. I'm excited to be a part of that, too.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and and I wholeheartedly agree with you Mm -hmm. that – uh, I've had some educators say, well, I already personalized everything in my classroom. I was like, I do not know
1: how that could possibly
0: happen. It's
1: definitely a realm um, that you can never be done with.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And so uh, so it's awesome because you can always like find ways to improve and get better and, and just further saturate maybe the learning experience. And part, maybe part of the reason it can't be ever accomplished too is that uh, it gets to a place where your students are the ones that are taking ownership and control and and so their, their investment could always be greater, I, I feel like, in some them And you have to rely on that too, and so.
1: When every um, year, every day is a new day, and new kids, and it, it's amazing what those little ones can help inspire new ideas to, oh, this is gonna help you learn, let's do it. You know?
0: <laughs> Wait, third graders are capable of doing that?
1: They are, <laughs> they are actually applying and coming up with their own ideas to enhance their own learning.
0: That's awesome. And it's good to hear that from a third grade teacher. And I know sometimes people say, well, isn't that personalized stuff kind of more for like secondary? And um... I mean, you
1: definitely have to help guide them when, in some aspects because they do need some foundational mm-hmm. skills. But I mean, that's our job. That's my job as a teacher to help facilitate where they can go, but help them get to their end goal of what they want to do.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, so you had a chance, um, and this isn't what the, the podcast they we're going to talk about spelling um, and, and a recent endeavor that you and your teammate Mel Rice were able to sort of take on. Um, Mel was on a previous podcast, and she had a social studies unit that she put together, an immigration and unit. Because yep, and, and she
1: focuses more on the social studies, and I focus more on the science side. So she really has done a great job on taking that social studies and making it more... Um, personal to kids.
0: Yeah. So if you're if you're interested in third grade and listen to this, check out Mel's podcast too. For sure. Learn a little bit about the immigration unit, uh, and then you two came together with Katie Sint, um, who's one of our personalized learning collaborators, and you got a chance to build out the spelling initiative. So tell us kind of where those early conversations started, and uh, yeah, just maybe maybe the brainstorming and development of what you eventually ended up doing in the classroom.
1: Well, we definitely throughout the past couple of years thought that spelling was not where it should be but it's something that we definitely needed and our program has kind of switched just it just felt like something was missing Mm -hmm. so we started early on just okay we're gonna use our anthology journeys and we started sending those home Monday, tell me what that is i guess in case i don't
0: know anthologies journeys list
1: okay so our uh, our anthology for that we can use for a resource journeys um it's just our reading program Okay. Um, the big book and there's so many skills, grammar, different parts built into that that we pull things out of for our mm-hmm. reading workshop for our guided reading, and for the spelling part, we didn't want to reinvent a well with spelling list because we did discover too, parents liked spelling lists. Mm-hmm. Parents liked. Monday, here's a spelling list, by Friday, take a test.
0: Very objective, I, yeah. I mean, it's very clear the expectations of those things. So yeah. we
1: started definitely wanting to do that um, because it's not only a helpful routine for the kids, but it also pleased the parents. They wanted mm-hmm. it too, and that yeah. was an easy thing to do. Me as a parent, I kind of like that too. Agreed. But our focus with the spelling lists, um, a lot of times people are like, oh my gosh, the words are so easy. But we focus on the the strategy, the skill, the pattern of the word, not just memorizing certain words. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if we come across a word that sounds like they have that pattern, oh, we learned that. I can apply it now. So forth. So during the week, we'd give. I'm gonna
0: interrupt you there real quick. So when you say pattern, are you talking about uh, things like I'll get, I don't know why this comes to mind, like the word sound? Like is it just like O U that, pattern, that O-U. like sound. You're and
1: right. yeah. And what words might have that OU, and if you hear that, you know that it's not just a O by itself or U by itself, that it's that blend of So I don't two. go, au. Ah, ooh, yeah. but like, And some kids at, that are very, yeah. like, sounding everything, and I was like, no, we have to use those together to make that one sound in that word. Okay, and so there's following... an intentionality
0: about trying to be able to consistently identify those types of patterns. Yes. Yeah. So there's kind of your routine, your, your yeah. pattern, I so guess. So we start a routine.
1: Monday, here's your list. And then throughout the week, we'd spend a couple activities. Sparkle, if you haven't never played Sparkle. Super fun, easy game.
0: Tell me about that then, too, yeah, for the people that maybe are looking for something to add.
1: Kids just stand in a circle, and you give them one of your spelling words, and each child gives you the letter of the word. Okay. And if they get it wrong, so if I'm spelling cat, one student says C, one student says A, one student says T, if they get through the whole word um, correctly, uh, the next person would say sparkle, and then the following student would have to sit down, okay. and then it just continues. But if you... you kind of
0: eliminates almost like uh, musical chairs yes. in that sense.
1: And But if you get the letter wrong when it's your turn, then you're down, and then the next person has to give us the correct letter, and it just... Gotcha. It's a little competition, but the kids really seem to love it. I bet
0: it moves fast. And sometimes. it does, and
1: we can get through a couple, two, three games easy within 10 minutes, because our goal is to always have spelling lessons between 5 to 10 minutes um, so you can get to the other academic areas as Mm -hmm. well. So it's a very fast, easy, quick activity to practice the spelling words. And Mm -hmm. then we just try different things throughout the week, but we want that Monday list and the Friday test to be the routine, but during the week we could tell that it was getting kind of stagnant. Okay. The kids weren't as engaged as much. They loved the game part, but worksheet activities, word sorts, they were just kind of like, blah. Right. So this took us to working with Katie, like, what can we do to spice things up? What can we do to make kids um, um, wanting to be better spellers? Mm -hmm. And we know that kids love to use technology. Okay. So we brainstormed that, why don't we have a website that kind of helps kids guides them through their own learning and then they have choices within that website of because they all always only have like one list to choose from so then we're like well what about they choose if they want this list or this list so now they have two options they have option one which is the traditional list that comes from the program and then or they can do option two which is a list that we created To make it, using the same pattern, but make it a smidge more difficult. Mm -hmm. And so the kids can challenge themselves however they want to that way. Right. So now our day one, our Monday, is you get to go in and you get to choose which list you would like to do. And then there's a site to go into spelling training straight from the website to go practice the words in a game, online kind of gaming thing.
0: Okay, and so where's that? Like, is there an application, like an app that you found for that, that for the iPads? Because we have one-to-one iPads here. Um, it is or is that not online on the thing? app,
1: uh, not in an app. It is a website that it does work, and they use what it. What website is it? Uh, spelling Training. Oh, that's so it? That's oh, okay. The, that's it. Not for, that's not our site. We're still developing, kind of. Ours is just spelling right now. Mm-hmm. We are still... Um, Learning daily on this work, this didn't work, because it's still, you know, we've gone through five units now, and we've stumbled up on some hiccups, obviously, and found ways to make things better, mm-hmm. but when we were trying things out, this kind of worked, because then it let the kids rewrite the words in the website, Okay. and then games, once you wrote the words in, games appeared that use the words that then they could see it over and over. To reinforce those. Yeah. So easy 10 minute activity. Mm-hmm. And then the next day we um, wanted to incorporate some of the homework slash worksheets. What we did there, Katie has been so helpful because she would scan in the worksheets but give multiple choices. So they can choose once again what worksheet they would like to do to reinforce the skill And pattern rather than just here's the same kind Mm -hmm. of worksheet for everybody and they like to have that choice sure but that is definitely something we're still working on too because we've talked just yesterday actually about how mundane that could kind of be even the worksheet choices Mm -hmm. another brainstorm that I kind of want to incorporate having a spelling Google classroom where the kids can write their own sentences or stories using the words yeah. and submitting those and then we can share throughout our classroom as well. So it's it's definitely an evolving process right now, but telling my kiddos I'm like you're kind of my guinea pigs on this <laughs> and the feedback I'm hearing is wonderful and what I'm super excited about are my students that have kind of shown to be struggling spellers, they are the most excited about this. And that's that just you know warmed my heart that these kiddos that Never got engaged when it came to the spelling thing because they just maybe had that mindset that I'm just not good at it. Anyways, now they are excited and wanting to explore and do these activities.
0: It's amazing what just being empowered with a subtle choice, you oh. know, does to really create investment uh, mm-hmm. and, and to bring you in because there's a decision you have to make that's oftentimes not as how do I say yeah. sometimes as a learner. I think that there's an anxiety that comes with certain content areas because it's maybe not your strength. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, if that is the case, the second you say spelling, or the second you say whatever that thing I'm anxious about. I already start to kind of like shut down and get oh, a little bit sure. concerned and draw it but if the first interaction is we have a choice well choice isn't scary to me a choice is, is something I can do because it's my choice exactly <laughs> and, and now you're already it just changes that dynamic I think from from the onset and you know I like what you said a moment ago too about um, there has to be there has to be a place to get started and, and then you troubleshoot through those steps. And then you go, okay, this worked and this didn't work, and this is where I want to go next with this. And it sounds like you've already got a little bit of a vision for some of the revisions mm-hmm. for where you're going to go next time around.
1: But what another thing that I think is very powerful for the kids to be experiencing this with us, they see that we aren't perfect. Yep, it's the, They see that things need to change, be fixed, adjusted, and I think that's also very powerful for them as well because – then they some days we've, we've had to abandon because the piece of technology that we set up didn't work mm-hmm. and they were okay with that and they learned that it's okay to do that sometimes as well. So it's bringing in not just the spelling aspect, but I think it's like life lessons, classroom lessons too, that they're growing from. Yeah,
0: modeling uh, the willingness to try something new mm-hmm. and that, it, like you said, that it won't always be successful, but that doesn't mean it's not worth it. Well, because you know, they view teachers, because even some Infallible, kids here, like, yeah,
1: you know everything. Can't you fix this? And it's like, well, you know, we're human, and you know, I learn from you just as much as you learn from me. Hopefully, and mm-hmm. it's an it's, it's just a, you know, take day, day by day, and that's why right. I love teaching too, because it's every day is a new challenge, every day is a new day, every day is a new opportunity mm-hmm. for success.
0: Absolutely, and seizing. Those teachable moments, whether this is parenting, which we can say is parenting, or or as educators, uh, I think that there just has to be a transparency about what you're doing. Yes, I'm taking a risk. Yes, we're going to try this because Mm -hmm. here's the like, yes, put your hand up. This didn't work. you know, And where I would like to see this go next as a result of that, please help me to get there. It is a great thing just to reinforce what we're saying, just to model. uh, Because oftentimes we want to be the confident educator who is, you know, perceived as knowing everything. And when things go awry, we try to just mask that instead of, uh, as a parent too, (laughs) instead of just having very real conversations that make it okay to, um, to fail forward.
1: And what's exciting too is that, you know, after new things are introduced to them with the spelling unit and process that... i'll take a little votes or you know have them show me signals did you like it did you not like it get that feedback from them and a lot of times the kids come up with such amazing feedback that i'm like that is perfect we are Mm going to do that and then of course they get excited like you're going to use my idea i'm nine years old you're going to use my idea and it's like oh for sure because you're nine so you're telling me what a nine-year-old would like yeah so let's do it
0: absolutely and that's something okay i'm going to give a little window into something we'll talk about over the course of this summer but uh is that we look at voice and choices being a reciprocity cycle is the way that we were, like refer to this and that you know if you initially begin with like a positive classroom climate right where you've already established to it's okay to try new things we're gonna have dialogue about this please give me your open and honest feedback and then from there you saturate that environment with choice but then as they take on those choices they develop preferences and then they start to voice Places where they feel like they need and advocate really is what that becomes um, places to alter that, to change it, to modify it. And if you can be receptive to those things, then all of a sudden you get back to that classroom climate place where they're like, holy smokes, my, my opinion matters. And even though yeah. I'm nine, uh, this can, you know, be something I need to be invested in having dialogue about how to make this the optimal learning experience for me. And yeah. At nine, yeah. yes, and at any age.
1: Well, and it's like so. I can totally go into a lot of other things, like because this is dialogue is making my mind, whoa. Like, um, hey, but you, that's what we want with I this know. podcast. But with just the spelling, but I take it in like when I do novel groups and things um, with kids' choices, even with the spelling, if a kid with one particular activity really doesn't like it, they are comfortable enough to say, hey, I'm not really enjoying this, but I'd like to, you know – redo this instead this activity and to still get the practice but they feel comfortable enough that they know what they like they know what they don't like then they're okay with you know coming up to me and saying can i try this instead and that's fine and when i was think- talking about thinking about my novel choices at the end of novels they have to do a project and it's building that classroom climate that i give a list of ideas for projects mm-hmm. And many of my kids end up coming back and saying, you know, these are great ideas, but my mind was going, here, can I do this as my project? Yep. And I love that they aren't just sticking to the paper, really, mm-hmm. that they want to explore new avenues, and they feel comfortable enough to ask me to explore new avenues. And I I just love it because the projects, no matter throughout what um, academic area, just keep coming out more amazing than the next because Mm -hmm. they aren't afraid to take those challenges and they're not afraid to ask me and they know I I'm pretty okay with it as long as you're learning I mean that's what we're here for right
0: absolutely absolutely it's uh and it's something that I love waking up going to work every day for is to advocate that we start to do this on more consistent basis because what happens when um you know that third grader becomes a fourth grader and those opportunities are still there and they're Mm -hmm. still there and they're still there that by the time uh, I mean, just think about how savvy of a, of a learner you could be over a long enough duration with these personalized opportunities afforded to you consistently. Oh, for sure. uh, and I'll, I'm going to transition here like a little bit out of the spelling conversation. And thankfully, yesterday I had an opportunity to uh, stop by your class, just kind of informally. Okay. And we had talked about you going and observing another class and just on the fly, we made it happen.
1: Yes, that <laughs> was awesome. I really, truly enjoyed that. Seeing Camille um, and her project that she's doing with her class was really amazing I think and
0: it's definitely gave
1: me ideas as well to like how can I adapt this from a 6th grade classroom to a 3rd grade classroom.
0: Yep. yep. So we'll, I got to do a couple of things here. So one, if you are in Westside District 66 and you would like to go observe somebody else Please utilize us as collaborators to come in and allow you to go watch these practices. It's been so awesome because we know too now, like where these amazing things are taking place. So we go, Sarah, seriously, go watch Camille. This is amazing. So there's that. Number two, Camille will have a podcast coming up here in a couple of weeks, and so please, yeah, check that out because it was it was really you, fun. You
1: yeah need to check that out because what she's Legit. doing for her her novels for her kids, amazing.
0: Yeah, and so I'm excited to share that story as it comes up, but. When you're gone, and I was in here filling in, which was fantastic and a whole lot of fun. Um, my, my son's third grade buddy is in here, so that was even that was pretty neat Which
1: too. just happened to be during our spelling, which was yes. amazing too. There we go.
0: I was also, <laughs> so I get to yes. like witness all the things you're talking about. But for those, I mean, you wouldn't be able, because this is a podcast, right? See the classroom. I mentioned a minute ago, Sarah has a lot of just flex seating in her class where there's a, a myriad of different... Chair types. There's uh, high tops where you could kind of like stand, uh, beanbags and floor spots. And uh, with all of those there, we talk in our training that like flexible seating is a great opportunity for students to be able to be comfortable and builds classroom climate culture by giving them the choice in where they want to sit. But that next level conversation is, how reflective are they about the choice that they make towards their own productivity? And so I'll brag on you, Yay. through one of your students' good choices <laughs> yesterday, there were three girls that were seated against the wall, and they were all sort of working on their, uh, trying to write up a, use their spelling words, in a story that they got to create, yes. uh, which was really fun to see the that process for them and the directions that they were all headed. And at one point, the three of them disbanded. Because they realized they could not be productive mm-hmm. sitting next to one another. And so one went and got a little, what is it called? The little seashell-looking thing that you sit in on the floor? Uh,
1: the scoop chair. Scoop That's chair. All yeah.
0: There we go. Um, and sat down. Another came over to kind of this small group area over uh, here, the, and a third stayed at the wall. And I went I went over to talk to those students, and they said that. They said, yeah, we just weren't able to get, you know, we, we were talking, uh, not so being productive. so that you had that conversation with yeah. them. And, yeah. and, and I didn't have to initiate that. And they did, and then there there were a group of boys who were over on the beanbags, and I and they were not as reflective. We'll just say, yeah. But after having a conversation with them, I said, you know, where where else do you think you could be productive? And they sort of stood up and and went to different spots to try to make that happen. Uh, and so that said, I mean that. Flexible seating provides the opportunity to have those conversations that ultimately lead to learner autonomy in being able to intentionally place themselves in the space at an area that will make them most successful on what they're working on at that time. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. That's a long, that's a I, no, big yeah. sense. <laughs>
1: Sorry. No, and that's, you know, some... And you're doing that. Some that are cool. scared to do flexible seating, I get it. It was scary because I went full-fledged this year, started a little bit last year. But um, we have five simple rules that we practice and discuss at the beginning of the school year, which we can send. What are those? Can you run me through them? Number one is choose the seat that allows you to do your best work. So there's your choice there. Number two, um, treat your seat appropriately. So um, if you have a wobble stool, that doesn't mean you spin and do 360s and all that. You know, you use it appropriately. If you have a ball, you don't bounce everywhere. Mm -hmm. Be respectful of it, obviously be respectful of the supplies because with Flex Seating, we have also built a community of, that's not your glue stick, that's not your marker, we have community supplies. So in your area, treat the community supplies respectfully because you're not the only one that's going to be using that. For, uh, if it's not working for you, your spot that you're sitting at for number four, you have the permission to Reseat yourself someplace else. Which, as long as it's- Which was what they did yesterday. Yeah, as long as it's not during like in the middle of a teacher teaching, and they know mm-hmm. that, the appropriate times. But yeah, they have that freedom to say, this isn't working, let's go. But number five, best tool for a teacher is a teacher can decide at any point in time to move the student with or without an explanation or a reason. And they just have to say, okay. Right. So as you kind of went over to the boys and had that discussion of this, is this really the best spot? Uh, mm-hmm. And you could have said, nope, you're going to move there. You're going to move there. And, and you know, in the beginning, it's the novelty. I can sit next to my friend. I can do this. But it's amazing to see how fast they grow into finding out what type of learner they are and what seat works the best. Because mm-hmm. there's some that change daily, which is fine. Yep. They like that change. And there are some that know that I want a traditional desk. And there's some that know that... They need a wobble stool to get those wiggles out and to having that freedom and all that. And it is scary, but you practice it up front, post your rules, have those expectations. I think it's doing great things.
0: Isn't that parenting too? Sorry, I it, keep going there with this podcast. Anyway, it is, both. but I think it's easy <laughs> like, <laughs> for
1: us because we have kids here and they're friends. So. You go,
0: you go. You know what? It's hard to trust sometimes. It's hard to extend freedoms because it's very. It's easier to micromanage. and oh, and helicopter way. helicopter teach parent whatever yes. you want to call it. It's um, definitely but, more
1: comfortable. Yeah, but, but
0: ultimately that, that being able to build a an experience that allows them to grow in their autonomy and and. Ability to make right decisions, you know, positive decisions. I'm trying to keep statements that. Well, apply and we to both. talk a lot about yeah. uh,
1: consequences that they're positive and negative because a lot mm-hmm. of times kids hear consequences and they think just the negative. Yeah. So we also in our community talk about that you've you just had a positive consequence on your learning on this and the you know and so that language too for that is helpful to keep a positive atmosphere and things working.
0: I love that idea of teaching like positive consequence. That's really awesome. Uh, that's awesome. All of this has been awesome. This conversation has been awesome. Yay! So, uh, and uh, I just really have appreciated the chance to visit with you a little bit here. Thanks for all your hard work too in, in developing the spelling unit. Um, and Thank for, you for your time for uh, sharing as well. this stuff out. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get some resources. Some of the things we talked about, we'll share on our website. And so look for those in show notes. And uh, yeah, I have no doubt that, especially after the summer, that we'll be back uh, to visit a little bit more about what you and Mel are working on uh, cooking up here, third grade at Rockville. Oh uh, Yeah,
1: I especially with the spelling, I already have like 10 other ideas that I need now the time to try them out and get those going. So you
0: just got to get started. And yeah. Once you get started, it just continues to, to grow from there. So thanks for sharing your story today, um, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Yes, thank you. Well, that's a wrap on another great episode. For more information or to contact us directly, you can email our team at personalized.learning at westside66.net. As always, thanks for tuning in and learning from the Westside Personalized Podcast.